back to the A to Z podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And today we're going to be discussing the Netflix original Outer Banks. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, NFL football season just recently started. So oh, yet yeah. again, I'm doing some of that fantasy football. And we recently had our first week, week one, and I got my first win. So I'm happy about that. This league nice. that I'm in right now is also a paid league. It was only 10 bucks, the buy-in fee. Okay. So yeah, it's not, it's not high pressure or anything, but I'd still like to win. The, the pot's like a, a decent amount of money. So uh, I'm, I'm great, glad that I'm off to a great start there. Let's got to hope for uh, some good luck going forward i don't want to just have to the win the first game and then you know lose the rest so mm-hmm. let's see my team keep going strong is what i want to see but, <laughs> it could be uh, like this is your this is your hill and you're gonna die on it <laughs> just yeah i mean it, this has happened to me in past seasons before so i, I keep my fingers crossed <laughs> dang well good luck to you yeah thank you thank you <laughs> but yeah other than that you know just kind of been chilling like most weeks uh played some basketball like every thursday, thursday. that i do and today it was just three on three and we got we got pretty into it you know we're starting to pick up the pace uh i do have a 5k coming up that my company is going to do in a few mm. weeks so i've been trying to like play a little bit harder in basketball to try to like heart pumping <laughs> yeah condition myself a bit i haven't really been running or doing any uh like aerobic exercise whenever i go to the gym it usually i just lift weights so mm-hmm. if i want to prepare for this 5k i've got to start amping up my workouts yeah. cardio wise a lot more cardio yeah and i'll probably throw in some runs here and there in the next few weeks just to kind of get in shape but i've done i've done a 5k cold before and it's mm-hmm. been rough so and plus this is with my company too and it's going to be timed i don't want to go out there and just did embarrass do a terrible, yourself <laughs> yeah embarrass myself do a terrible run uh so i'm, I'm trying to train a little bit for it yeah for we'll sure. see how that goes i'll keep you updated good man but, sounds fun yeah. mm-hmm. how have you been uh really good dude uh i've been uh doing a lot of teaching i know uh we just had some uh some inclement weather weather this past uh, week but uh mm-hmm. that that wasn't too bad nothing really happened over here um but i have been teaching band so that's been really good uh this past weekend though we saw uh saw glass animals and that was a pretty cool concert nice <laughs> yeah um we like my friends wanted to get there like in two hours before like the gates open so we like waited in this line just to like get in the front and we were in the front. So we, we, we got what we wanted, but it was like a um, little painful a little bit just to stand around and wait in the sun for a while. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too bad. And um, this was like one of the first concerts um, that I've been to that like, well, like in this, like during this like COVID time is they were uh, asking for uh, your vaccination cards when you checked in. So like you've either right. had to have, um, a covid test that tested negative for covid um 72 hours prior to the concert or also have your vaccination card um so but i was like afraid to lose my card i was like what if i lose my card like what if there's another event that i have to go to or like maybe i'm getting on a plane or whatever's going to require me to have my vaccination card but i have to take this card with me physically and then maybe i lose it then how do i get another one how do i prove (laughs) that i you know got my vaccination and stuff like that so I was kind of yeah. scared. I was gonna lose it. Uh huh. But it's like a weird issue, like to talk about later. Like, what happens? Like, I don't understand. Do I do I just call the? I got mine through my university, so do I just call them and ask 
I mean, they don't know, right? <laughs> I mean, this- it's on record, so I could see that they could procure you another one if mm-hmm. you did happen to lose it. I'm sure it's not that difficult. I yeah. got my vac station through CVS, so I could probably just let them know, hey, you know, I lost my vax card. Can I maybe get a replacement? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the process is if like they have to get probably do have to get like a doctor's signature again. So that might be a little bit of a hassle. You might be yeah. on like a wait list for it. So but it's an interesting thing to talk about. I definitely have like because I've looked at uh, concerts in the Austin area because, you know, I'm like, huh, I kind of want to go to a concert. I haven't been to a concert in a while. Not mm-hmm. since we went to that 10 years one, but that was kind of a mm-hmm. small scale concert. I want to mm-hmm. go to like a real concert. This was definitely a big and, concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's good that you you got to have that experience that a lot of us haven't had in a while. Yeah, but for sure. I've definitely noticed that a lot of areas, like especially the Austin area, are asking for a vax card. And it's not just for like concerts, like sporting events, other like large get togethers. They're like, show us a COVID test taken within the next the last 48 hours or a vaccination card, proof of your vaccination. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of the trend. Yeah. Um, but it was worth it. I mean I'm glad I had my stuff, you know, ready to go, but Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like not having that and then being like these tickets came out back in early last March or something. Um, but I can't imagine like not having all this stuff ready to go and then worrying about having to get it later. I don't remember when or when they decided that this was going to be a thing. Like you have to have your vaccination card and all this stuff because the vaccinations didn't really come out to the end of the year. So they would have to have made that decision later. Right. So I don't know. I don't really remember, but it's pretty interesting. That was kind of, they had to like check my like card and my ID and then I got in and they're like, if you leave, you have to recheck in with your card and ID and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was a good concert. It was fun. Um, other than that, I've been hanging out, you know, playing, playing monster hunter with my, my brother and we've been grinding really hard in that. And I, uh, we've been duoing fatalis. So that's, that's good. <laughs> Nice. talk about monster yeah. hunters soon though yeah we should especially since i got stories and I've, I've made some decent progress on that too so maybe eventually we can get down and talk about that as well yeah all right well enough of this rambling let's talk about outer banks man all right so dude okay i i finished it last night two nights ago two nights ago i finished it two nights ago and i've been watching the first two seasons you know over the course of the last like month um so i haven't been like binging it or like you know watching it so some of the stuff is a little bit blurry for me but like right off the top of my head is just like all the ending stuff. So we are going to spoil the first two seasons of this, but we'll just kind of go through it before I get to the very end. Um, do you have anything for like the beginning first season and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I thought the, it had a really strong first season personally. Mm-hmm. I thought that the first season was superior to the second season. Not that the second season was bad. It's just like, there's a certain vibe you get from the first season, especially like the first mm-hmm. few episodes of the first season. Like it, it kind of invokes like this summer nostalgia feeling, you know, back whenever you were a kid in high school without any worries. I mean, these, these kids, they have quote unquote worries, things they're worried about, but none of them are really super, you know, in your face important, except for John B and JJ, Mm -hmm. they got some stuff going on, but you know, just kind of like kids messing around in their van, like driving places, doing like stupid kid things, right. Partying on the beach, you know, chilling with friends, all that stuff during the summer. And like with the beach atmosphere kind of invokes this, uh, nostalgia so yeah i i thought the first season was just a joy to watch there were obviously you know plot problems and all that with a show like this you can't expect like a whole lot of plot depth right this yeah. is kind of more of a a fun just kind of watch it to you know waste some time but also you know get transported to this kind of laid back cool world but which is you know still our world 
But, you know, I I thought that it was a pretty good season. I binged the first season within two days, Mm -hmm. and I kind of had an excuse to do so. I started watching it whenever I had uh, taken my my second dose of the vaccine the day before. (laughs) So I was, like, laying on my bed. I could barely even move. I was so achy. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) And I looked on (laughs) Netflix and I saw Outer Banks and I was like, you know what? I never watched this because I thought it was going to be stupid (laughs) because, you know, it was a big deal. But in like the younger crowd, I know that my sister and and a lot of her friends enjoyed Outer Banks and she was like, you got to watch it. And this was like a year or two ago. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch something like this. It's probably just going to be a waste of time. But I saw it on Netflix. I didn't have anything else to do. I was in pain. I couldn't even move. And I was like, whatever, I got to watch something. And, you know. I've, I've gotten a few recommendations for this show, so I turned it on and it kind of does suck you in, you know, the first yeah. few episodes of the first season. Uh, after the first episode, I was like, dang, I am pleasantly surprised by this. And I had a lot of a lot of hopes for it. It had a really good like I, I can't say it enough, a really good start to the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, a lot of a lot of praise I have for the first season. Second season, I guess we can get into that, but <laughs> it got a little bit more wacky. Yeah, uh, definitely some more like crosshair plot lines you know it's kind of hard to to keep up with all of them some of them were more ridiculous as well but Mm -hmm. you know it was still fun still a fun show to watch (laughs) yeah i agree it's definitely worth a watch like it's a fun show but like i was hoping they would finish things out in the second season and like not cliffhang it even further than it needed to go you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like for me for me now i'm thinking what else are they gonna do and like the whole like reveal at the end kind of threw me off i'm like why would why would you need to reintroduce this character right jambi's dad so that all that kind of stuff would kind of went over my head a little bit but yeah the first season i thought was really great i like what you said like how it sucks you into that like young um you know party vibe that's like just being a kid again or whatever the way that like it was shot or like edited like every every single scene looked like it was like sunset kind of right it was always Mm -hmm. like this like yellow colors um, I thought that was really cool. It just made you it, that kind of brought the like the chill vibe to it as well. So I just really liked the way it looked. Like it was just a very um, pleasant thing to watch, just for the the editing. Yeah, of the 100%. Show, yeah. Even even some of the like swampy environments, which mm-hmm. you know, if you've ever been to like Florida or anywhere on the uh, East Coast, that's kind of swampy. It's like it's not always the best to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they made every environment aesthetically pleasing, whether it be like with the tent or kind of that sunset feel. Yeah. And or like especially the, blues, the scenes. Hmm? The blues, like in the sometimes like in the early morning or whatever, they'd have like blue yeah. color. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was just going to say, like, especially the scenes where, you know, they're out on their pogue boat, just kind of on the water, you know, going to their next adventure. Uh, you can see like the wind flipping through their hair. You know, there's like mm. just this this cool music in the background that's amping them up. Sometimes they're like goofing around with each other, you know, yelling and screaming and whatnot. Yeah. It just it just makes you happy watching. it. Yeah, it's, it's great, too, because like every time there's like a conflict, like they have a problem that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. And they're always just like that can wait for the next 12 hours let's let's have fun right now they always do something something like that like we literally just almost died but i don't know there's a beach right here (laughs) exactly Uh, just carefree Mm -hmm. yeah brings us back to a simpler time simpler time high school (laughs) Um, but it's it's weird though they are high school kids right like sarah was like what 16 or john b's probably 17 and then yeah the like bully crowd is maybe they're seniors right or something like that 
Yeah, they're definitely high school age for sure because uh, John B is not even he's not even close to eighteen because uh, in the, the big problem in the first few episodes is like CPS is going to come yeah, get yeah. him because uh, his dad's been MIA and that's kind of what drives the central plot, which is a treasure hunt basically. Mm. Uh, you learned that John B's dad, he was trying to look for the Royal Merchant, which is like this old, I think it was a Spanish ship transporting gold. And uh, John B's dad kind of had mapped it out. He he knew basically a gist of where it was. And then he went out to sea and just disappeared. And he was never confirmed dead. They never found a body or anything. And so John B's in denial that his father's even dead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after a while, his mom had left and John B's just in this house by himself. So CPS comes knocking they're like, hey, uh, this is not good. You're a minor. You know, we got to we got to find you a home. This is not legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because you're rooting for John B because uh, he's been living on his own for a while. He's he's doing OK. I mean, yeah, in this in the sense, he's not really going to school. <laughs> he's not really doing like uh, his his duties. Right. He's just kind of living with his friends, having a good time, trying to ignore the fact that he's an orphan, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh it, it does bring us into the central plot of like this, this is a treasure hunt show, the, the mystery of where did John B's dad go? And we're, we're first introduced to like the kids, basically him and his, his friend group, which we got Kiara, we got Pope, we got JJ, and he kind of sucks them into his adventure of let's go find this treasure. <laughs> yeah. So they weren't, they were not having it at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. And they, they really doubt him a lot. They're like, John B, just accept it. Your dad's gone. There's no and gold. It doesn't exist. Exactly. And it's so funny how quickly their tune can change as well. Yeah. Like they 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 they're they're such doubters, but as the first time they like like get evidence of the gold, or I think they find like a bar of gold or something, they're like in it. They're like, oh my gosh, like we gotta like, do fine, this. We'll gotta, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're definitely going back to what you were saying. They're definitely young. It's it's a high school crowd, and we get kind of those high school tropes as well. You know, yeah. like the popular girl Sam, Sarah Cameron, and like the rich guy Topper and Rafe, and all of that. So all all those forces are at play as well. Yeah, they're doing like a lot of crazy stuff at like high school age. Like I was like, I was never doing any of that. Was I just yeah. lame or what? But I mean, probably was. I was just lame. But yeah, they're like like who lets your kids just go out and do all that kind of stuff? But. <laughs> they're like they're partying hard and i'm like this is like crazy partying like these kids are like 15 16 that's pretty insane no oh, yeah i agree they were they were having huge parties and the thing was especially uh in some of the later episodes these parties are like i guess Massive. an event that happens yeah. every, every year, year too yeah. <laughs> in this town and and no cops show up no one really cares like no adults really care you right. like young 16 15 17 year old kids just go off to drink they have like these huge kegs <laughs> which makes it kind of unbelievable but i don't i don't know maybe it was modeled after like an older time i've, I've definitely heard stories of like the old times in the 80s and 70s where that stuff the old times. So, yeah doesn't, the old doesn't times. happen doesn't happen now in the new times but it did in the old times <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty weird um but back to the whole like treasure hunt thing yeah like th- this is what the show like it grabs you this way but it also kind of like like what's going on um because it they get to a point where they like find something and then it gets taken away from them they get to a point where they yeah. find something it gets taken away so they keep getting these small like successes and then it immediately gets pulled away from them and it goes mm. all the way up until the very end of season two that happens where it's this circular like this cycle of being successful and you're rooting for them and they're about to achieve what you think they're going to achieve but then there's always something that's going to come back and ruin them and right I liked it for the first two seasons because it kind of kept me going, but it's like, I hope they don't do something like that at the beginning of season three, right? Because then mm. that's just the same formula 
over and over again. Like you're gonna have to do something new because I the first season I focused on John B. And then the second season focused more like on Pope's backstory and his family, right? So now you're introducing John B.'s dad again. You know, where where are we gonna go from there? Um, and they kept that that woman alive, right? Because now they gotta find the the shroud or whatever, that cloth, like it apparently it exists still. Mm-hmm. Cause he knows where it's at. And then why is John B's dad still alive? Like I thought like, like he, he could have still been, you know, not alive. Like that would have been okay for the story. Right. Cause they kind of explained how he died. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember something where they found his glasses. Right. And they thought he, like they found like his hut or something. And they had like, there was like some skeletons or like a remain or something. And they had like his sunglasses. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember that too. So if that, who was that, right? Like if that wasn't John B's dad, then who was it? Right. That's, that's an unanswered question, I guess. Or is that a plot and hole or like they get a range? I feel like they'll, they'll explain it in some way because the way, the way that John B's dad was left, right? So him and Ward had that fight mm-hmm. and uh, Ward hits his head, hits John B's father's head on, on the boat. So like his dad's going through it. He's like, oh my gosh, like this, this is pretty bad. This is almost like a fatal wound. And then Ward's like, oh no, <laughs> I basically killed this guy. So I guess I better finish the job mm-hmm. in his mind, right? He pushes him off the boat and uh, John B. Sr. finds his way onto this island and you know, he's just out there by himself. No way to communicate with anybody. Uh, it's only a matter of time. So yeah, as, as the as the viewers, we assume he's just dead. But of course they leave it open, right? This is how they let the door open. Someone could have found him on the island they could have happened upon him and who knows maybe they swapped out his body with somebody else maybe they just happened to have a skeleton on hand <laughs> i don't know they, <laughs> just these have are a, things that, mm, skeleton on hand <laughs> yeah, they just throw it out there you know <laughs> but uh these are the things they're gonna have to answer in season three and yeah i almost i didn't really even like introducing john b's father again because i felt like they had good closure with him dying you know john b in the first season he sees like the skeleton right Mm-hmm. he sees the island where his father died and he's like you know he's dead and he kind of accepts after some mourning he accepts this is reality and then he tries to honor his father by finding the gold and like finishing what he started mm-hmm. and i i don't really like it when shows have closure like that that like i'm satisfied with and they just bring him back right like they obviously did the whole thing where john b's father is alive to create suspense and build up for season three yeah but like you said, I would have rather had a more conclusive season two and kind of look forward to season three as in what are they going to do? And this 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 does bring up like, OK, what are they going to do with John B's dad? But it's something that I wish had been resolved and stayed resolved. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it kind of ruins the um, the emotional impact of the first season, like that whole journey mm-hmm. or even even going to find the gold in the first place, like that whole motivation for it is kind of lost now that his dad's alive. Right. Exactly. Like now that you know that it doesn't feel the same as it did when they were doing it to like honor the dad or just as remembering, like, I want to finish when my dad started. And because I know that this man killed my dad, which he didn't now. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I don't I don't hate him as much anymore. Right. Because he's not dead. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's the other that's the other side of it, too, that definitely plays into probably why i was so disappointed because that's the main motivation of why john b hates ward because he's like you're the man that killed my father uh whenever ward has his quote-unquote death too i mean no one seems to like die permanently we don't even we, mm-hmm. we we need to get into that too because there's a whole scene with sarah cameron as well where she was 
definitely dead. And she comes back to life. It's so dumb. Yeah. But anyway, we can get that into that like later. Th- that's like three times this happens where someone dies. Yes. And gets it, is, it just feels cheap now. You know, you bring back John B's dad. No one dies yeah. in this show, that's the four, that's That's the fourth. Uh, has seen be dead. Has seen dead. Has has been dead. <laughs> Somebody who has died, who has yes. been resurrected. And has been for no reason. resurrected from the grave, you know. And okay, but maybe it's a metaphor, right? Because we got the, got the cross. Oh yeah, I don't I mean, know if you want to if you want to see it like that. I don't know. I can pull, <laughs> pull that there, but could be. Hey, I mean, it could be right. Maybe, maybe there's a like a like a power watching over them. I mean, who knows? And who knows what they're going to pull out in the third season? They might they might make some case like that that that's that's what's going on. Who knows? But mm-hmm. you know, going back down to the nitty gritty of it, yeah, it, it it makes the show lose emotional impact. Not just because of John B and his and his emotions losing his father, but you're right with him and Ward. Because now it's like it's, there's kind of an empty conflict with Ward. Now he's just mad at Ward because he treats Sarah bad. And I mean, there was the whole drama with Sheriff Peterkin and all of that as well. So Ward's definitely a bad guy at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's mad because of his treatment of Sarah, and then just mad because they he stole the gold from them. And then it makes their whole gold voyage more shallow. And it makes Pope's voyage almost like the better highlight of the show rather than just like the gold and i guess they focus more on that in season two anyway so maybe mm-hmm. that's why they were trying to like move forward with that plot line more so than the golden season two but i don't know yeah it definitely felt like he was the main he was the main character um mm-hmm. for the most part but yeah the whole death stuff like like when ward like did the explosion on the boat in the back of my mind i was like he's not dead yeah, I figured he wasn't dead either. He did something to survive or something, but I, I figured he wasn't dead. But then the other times it happened, right, we, we can go to talk about Sarah when she got shot, where she lost so much blood, like there was no way that she couldn't have not died, right? And then um, and then you had Pope who had like that allergic reaction to the wasps, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had Sarah, then Ward, and then Pope again, and then his dad's back. Right, four times. And that's a lot. And Honestly, I was the most mad about Sarah's because this this whole scene with Sarah, it could have been rectified by just having the doctor successfully cure her or, you know, help her. Right. It wasn't a disease. It was an injury. So, you know, like help her with her injury and say, OK, she's OK. Like I saved her. That would have been fine. You don't have to have this whole melodrama of John B. like she's dead and he's all mourning and all of a sudden she comes back to life because by with all intents and purposes, she had lost a lot of blood and she had flatlined for a while, too. So. Mm-hmm. Why would she come back at that point? I mean, she was dead for like minutes on end. So I think that that could have been done away with. Simply have Sarah take her to the doctor and then the doctor fixes her up and she's okay. Like we don't lose any potential drama in that. Like it's it's drama enough that we're on the edge thinking, oh my God, Sarah, you know, I, I just don't like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because um, then you, it, it ruins the suspense when you know they're going to live, right? Mm-hmm. And that when that happens again with Pope, like that's like, you know, he's not going to die. Why would he die? He's one of the main, he's like part of the main cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're building up the suspense for this emotional moment that you, that you want to have, but then you, it doesn't follow through because you know, they're going to survive. Like there's no way they're not going to survive. Right. Exactly. And it almost kind of ties in with what you, another thing of the plot that you mentioned before. And it's that every time that the group has a success, you just know at this point it's going to be taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you fully. In, in at least the first season, it was cool to like have that happen so that you root for them more as underdogs. You're like, man, these kids just can't win. I really hope to see them win in the future. But they and still as, don't win. <laughs> and they still don't win. As viewers, I feel like we got to have some victories. It comes to the point where like when Pope finds the cross, I'm like 100% 
they're not going to get this cross. He's going to lose this cross. You know, every every time you see something good happen, you know it's going to be followed by something bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just what we expect as, as, as viewers. I guess maybe they're kind of pulling towards like a conclusive ending to season three where they finally win. Or maybe the end of the, the series entirely is when they finally win. But I really hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, and yeah. like, like you said, too, it's going to get kind of old if they continue this theme in season three because it's very predictable. Yeah. I mean, if they if you do that long haul where the payoff is all the way at the very end. That's going to be um, that's going to be pretty brutal to watch. It'll be a long time to wait to see some success. And yeah. in, in all that time, too, like the characters are suffering as well. Like they do get away with kind of being away from their parents and living their own happy free life, I guess, for a while. But in season two, they kind of tackle like with Kiara's parents. They get pretty angry at her. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, look, we, we're going to basically disown you. We're going to send you away to, to like boarding school. You know, you got to shape up. And they give her a lot of chances. Their parents, uh, especially Pope's dad, very lenient with their behavior. Uh, and after a while, it's good that they they do kind of put their foot down a little bit. And you got the emotional drama too with JJ and his dad. And some of that stuff is hard to watch. They they don't. I like. I commend the show for not really shying away from that because mm-hmm. I know that there are definitely tons of situations out there where uh, kids are in abusive relationships with their parents. And with JJ, you know, you see him and his dad swinging fists at each other. You know, there's like almost guns involved. I think uh, JJ at one point thinks about killing his father. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it gets intense. He can't Pretty do brutal. it, too. He breaks down and crying. And then at the mm-hmm. very end of season two, he does end up helping his dad get away. Because, you know, like he says to Kiara, that's my dad. What else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, so w- within all the silliness of this show, there are some heavy emotional moments. And they're, they're pretty, pretty heavy like that. That's like some really deep stuff, especially with the dad stuff. Mm-hmm. and i had a question about that when he sends him off in the boat like his dad had this like thing of like pills or something was because he was like dad's not gonna be okay because he his dad said he was gonna go off to i don't know i forgot where mm-hmm. um yeah somewhere offshore i guess yeah and uh well, i don't know what was he planning was he planning on like you know hurting himself or doing whatever on the boat on the way over there he had like he had some stuff and i know that jj he took those those pills that because it like shows it like in the frame right a quick like mm-hmm thing of it and then he goes to help his dad he gives him money for gas you know and he feels really bad and he takes those uh little bottle of pills or whatever and then mm-hmm. he keeps it before he hugs yeah. kiara so i don't i don't know what his dad was planning you know, to leave and then just you know do whatever but i mean yeah in my mind i kind of saw it as maybe how you saw it that his dad maybe planned to kind of go out in the water and just off himself maybe mm-hmm. with the pills and JJ sees that obviously he doesn't want his dad to to die, so he takes it away from him. But that just kind of shows his dad's state of mind. His dad, basically, JJ knows it. Will always find trouble, and maybe mm-hmm. at this point, his dad he, he does have a touching moment where he's like, "I know I failed you, son. I really feel bad. I should have been there more." And uh, with people like that, I guess they do some sometimes come to terms with how they lived their life. And I guess he didn't like who he was, rightfully so. Uh, but of course, JJ doesn't want to see him kind of mm-hmm. go down with the ship per se. And it yeah. didn't seem like that's that was, was going to happen. So I, I don't know. Maybe this kind of leaves the door open too. Is JJ's dad going to come back? We don't know. Or is that arc finished? You know, yeah. uncertainty. Who knows? Yeah, it's at least so many uh, children, parent trauma. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, I, but I was thinking about it when you were talking about it earlier about the how you know, Ward comes back and then John B dad's come, comes back. Um, I feel like maybe those two, they were trying to parallel 
them together right because they're still like i feel like they're they're like opposites right in in the show mm-hmm. like it's like ward and john b senior i guess um so maybe they're trying to have there there's going to be a moment where they meet again right like yeah, that's kind of what i'm for waiting sure. for like that's gonna be that's gonna be a cool moment i guess like because he thinks he's dead too or thinks john b's dad is gone right so uh, the fact that they're setting up this thing where they're both alive and then funny enough they both got their they're gonna have both have scars on their head <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they can show each other their scars while they beat each other up but that's gonna be an interesting moment to see them talk to each other or i don't know is his dad evil now or something like he's in like a like he had some master plan going on uh-huh wherever he was at he had something nefarious going on that's so, the thing i mean we see him working with the evil lady the one but, that's trying to undermine pope dude I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna hate that though i'm gonna hate that john b wish he was better to his dad right because he felt like he like later after the fact he feels like he wasn't a good son you yeah. know he because he got he yelled at his dad or whatever but then to find that his dad is being nefarious or evil or whatever or like he john b's gonna be upset that his dad never came back for him if he was alive this whole time right yeah so he's already too. He, he's already gonna be mad at him and then if his dad's doing evil stuff then he's gonna resent his his dad right so now he's gonna all this stuff in the first two seasons where he's like i love my dad i'm at terms with what what happened and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try to honor his legacy by finding the gold and helping my friends out and uh, help pope and his family i'm gonna do all this stuff for that but then he hates his dad later in season three like that's gonna be that's gonna make me mad (laughs) yeah definitely i didn't even think about that but that's that's true it'll make me mad as well yeah Uh, and they're kind of they kind of are building up to that and i could even see a situation where him and ward like ally themselves who knows or there's some kind of nefarious deal where he seems to ally with ward then double crosses ward working mm -hmm. for the blonde lady then double crosses her and uh for this character you know that john b has definitely looked up to and kind of seen as like this uh this good morally sound person right his father to kind of corrupt that character yeah it, it invalidates a lot of things that we have kind of held on to too, as well as John B held on to in the mm-hmm. earlier seasons. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that, that almost happened with Sarah and I'm glad it didn't where yeah. she like almost went back to what is his name topper. Um, mm-hmm. where she has like, uh, like a rekindling of like her friendship with him. Cause you know, she, he basically just like steals her and then like tries basically. to take care of her, um, and tries to like fix everything. But she's kind of into it because then she sees that, john they, it's just like a bad bad moment right like they're seeing each other in wrong at wrong places like none of them do anything wrong right they're not they're just talking to people they're just hanging out like they're not being like unfaithful or anything but they see it that way when it's just you know bad timing mm-hmm. and i'm yeah. glad that sarah doesn't like go back to the dark side or whatever you could call it yeah but like <laughs> she almost get i was like um i was like look if, if she goes back you know to top to the, her to top her or like she like kisses him or does whatever or like i'm like come on like that i feel like she's she's gone so far and like from where she was to like how how she's grown as a character and like the people that she has and the way she thinks about life and the way that she just approaches things right and um that would make her like go back like revert back to square one i'm like she she's not she's she's already surpassed her like um her like uh intelligence level like she's she's so she's so smart now so like why would she do something dumb like that right and i hated it the scenes where she was back with topper i was basically rolling my eyes and a lot of it too was was the way she was acting and it's understandable 
I guess in, in in some way because John B and her had gone through a breakup and she was really hurt. John B was hurt as well. You know, mm-hmm. he he wanted her to kind of own their relationship more and they had quote unquote gotten married, right? Whenever they were on their little excursion and she didn't even want to tell Topper about it. She didn't, she was kind of embarrassed by it. And I get that though, you know, you're young. You think it's kind of stupid in the moment with, with her and John B, the adrenaline was flowing. They were, they were feeling really emotional towards each other. And they like, they're mm-hmm. like, let's get married, you know? But then you come back kind of to reality. And to them, it was like coming back to the U S to their friends, to their home. And initially yeah. she was kind of embarrassed. Like, wow, that, that did seem kind of like a fantasy. Uh, maybe it's time to go back to reality. And John B didn't necessarily want to do that. So mm-hmm. they broke up because of that. But like how quickly she goes back to Topper. I mean, he he played it very opportunely. Like you said, he basically kind of steals her away. He's been lurking in the shadows, almost waiting for the moment that he can finally swoop in and save Sarah inevitably because he thinks that she'll need saving from John B. I don't and, know, but I don't understand. Was he following her around? Like, how would he know that? Yeah, Rafe was I like, don't know. They're going to meet because the only. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The only other person that knew that was Wheezy, right? Because or yeah. would have because she, she texted her. Yeah, is he intercepting he gives messages? Off stalker vibes. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's, there's like some things, like Sam says, that he like kind of has some like redeeming qualities, and he might be a good guy, but the way he was brought up kind of makes him like a weirdo. But yeah. like, but things like that, where I'm like, was he stalking her? I mean, he wants to know her location. Like, he has like, you know, find my on her thing where he can just yeah. see where she's at. Like, oh, blah blah blah, where is she at? Or like, can he intercept her messages or something? Is that why she he knows that? that's the thing i don't know i guess and you kind of do him see him like lurking in the shadows a lot during the end of the season one and the beginning mm-hmm. of season two and yeah there's that scene where he does track her down using her phone so i know he probably has been definitely at least keeping tabs on her uh mm-hmm. knowing that he he knows what he wants he wants to get back with her and the means that he takes are not necessarily the most moral means so but it puts him in prime opportunity to swoop in and and, and steal her from john b though she allows mm-hmm. herself to be stolen you know whenever he first comes in he's he's there for her to support her emotionally i mean well, uh, i mean i mean where else would she have gone like the first that the, exactly. initially it's like she literally almost got drowned by her brother like that is intense stuff so of course, she's going to be like, okay, yeah, please help me. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. I, I know this. She's probably like, I really don't want to be with you right now, but you you did save my life. So right. fair enough. And, th- and then she was apprehensive to go to the, to that thing or whatever, right? Oh, the, the campfire, bonfire, whatever. Oh, because she knew that John B would probably be there and some drama would start. Mm-hmm. So, and that did happen. You know, they punch each other. Topper. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And it, that's, that's a parallel too, as well from like yeah. the first episode where him and Topper get into a fight. I like mm-hmm. that. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the bonfire episode, honestly, mm-hmm. kind of bringing us back to that nostalgic vibe, which in season two, we don't get a whole lot of, it's more yeah. of like a swashbuckling adventure. So. Swashbuckling pirate treasure. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> I mean, it did feel like that. I mean, some of the show felt like kind of piratey treasure hunting. It did. Yeah, it definitely um, gives off those vibes uh but yeah anyway i like pope's stuff though like you know his backstory him trying to like you know his whole family his whole history of his family has just been things getting taken away from them getting stolen from them getting like put down so he's just trying to you know i i just want to have a win on my belt i want my family Mm -hmm. to have a win on our belt you know like we we need this like but i mean seriously they get pushed around like he's his family is just being pushed around um just for like some of this weird wacky stuff you know you don't even i mean uh this lady wants to get healed by this cross or this shroud right because she's has some like uh some verse or something that makes her feel like this is gonna 
help healer or whatever and we don't even know it may or may not yet right there could be some divine thing going on mm-hmm. you know going back to people being resurrected right so you know there could be something going on there but i guess we'll I guess we'll have to see for that one for season three yeah i think that for sure though pope especially you know because season two is his season uh, the show kind of won me over, though, centering more on him. And I think he's probably my favorite character because mm. you do root a lot for Pope. He is he is he never compromises on his morality. He has a few like crazy Pope things, you know, and, and it's funny how his friends react to it, because especially in season two, when he's so angry, he really wants to win. He's so sick and tired of getting kicked into the mud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does go on like some crazy episodes where, you know, he, he he does some things he wouldn't do as far as like alcohol and drugs or like he gets into fights. He gets really aggressive. He like pushes the group forward when usually he's just been like a follower so i liked how pope kind of came out of his shell uh you don't yeah. like him as much in season one because he is kind of more of an auxiliary character and he does play a good role though he's like the serious one he was the one basically during the treasure hunt that had the most to lose right and he even gave up on his scholarship interview which he you know he had been working for for a very long time he's in a financial situation where he needed that scholarship mm-hmm. and uh his dream was like to get out of the pogue life even though they say like pogues for life his dream was to kind of get out of the pogue life and mm-hmm. and fulfill his potential uh but you know he puts it on the line for his friends and you finally get to see some gratification for that uh, as the viewers too you get to see pope in the spotlight all the sacrifices he makes he's really pushing for a win not just for him but for his friends mm-hmm. so I think he's probably my favorite character. No, I would agree. Um, and he, I would say he has the best character arc in the first two seasons out of all mm-hmm. the characters. 100%, 100%. Just the way he opens up and grows. And like you said, um, you know, he doesn't um, put anything away for his morals. Like he's, you know, headstr- he's headstrong with it. He keeps it, keeps it going. And, you know, whatever happens, he's going to do it for his friends and his family. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a kind of um, refreshing, I guess, with his uh, his family is like even though he does all this crazy stuff like and he leaves days at a time or like well you know break the car or whatever that they are still so lenient like he mm-hmm. has the most lenient parents out of all of them <laughs> yep i mean one's literally insane right ward then you have one who's you know just a bad guy and then two who are just really crazy strict parents but even though they are the most down-to-earth parents they're like look like we love you son at the end of the day like at the end of the day we love you because <laughs> right. you are our child yeah it's good to have at least one group of supportive parents and it's very mm-hmm. wholesome uh especially like whenever pope is going to go to you know find the cross and his he has like a, a talk with his dad he's like you haven't been around son he's like i, I just I, I don't really agree with what you've been doing and then they kind of have a heart to heart and he's like but i still love you and i accept you and it's it's heartwarming to see that. Like I, mm-hmm. I wish that more parents, especially in the show, you know, more of the parents were like that and and supported their kids and knew that whatever they were doing really meant a lot to them. And the thing is, Pope's Pope as a character is also the most trustworthy. So and a lot of that might have been because his parents trusted him whenever mm-hmm. he was younger, right? They always trusted him to do the right thing. And I think his dad even says that. So that builds him into being a more trustworthy character. And uh it's it's really wholesome to see that. Yeah. I mean, he always follows, he follows through all the time, mm-hmm. even when he's away, like, um, doing whatever he's doing, but like that scene where he talks about the key, right? I think that's where his dad kind of like, was just like, you guys are onto something and I don't know what y'all are really onto, but I'm going to, I don't want to be kind of like, he's like, I'm interested now, right? With the key yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think at that point he's like, okay, Pope, just do what you got to do, but 
just be careful <laughs> be careful and uh yeah it's it's definitely contrasted with i think the worst side of it is obviously ward and sarah and mm-hmm. sarah she is probably one of the most controversial characters either her or key i think i just don't like key i don't know how I, what you think about key mm-hmm. but she, to me she's the most two-dimensional character she's the most like uh just annoying in general character i don't want to be too harsh but mm-hmm. <laughs> she kind of is and her relationship with pope i don't really like either because it's like pope is finally happy like he's finally with her and then she's just like yeah whatever it's really nothing to me then she comes back she's like oh i like you again oh i don't know about it it's like come on pope pope can do better than this but yeah anyway right. their relationship know, her- was very like why did we even do like and they don't even follow up at the end at all (laughs) no they don't it's just like i guess we're back to being friends or we're not even sure where they are but anyway i guess uh we won't talk too much about that but back back to what i was saying like sarah and ward it's tough for sarah uh she doesn't she thought she had a loving father she was close with her father and through you know a lot of the show you can tell that that uh, Sarah is Ward's favorite child, right? Like he really mm-hmm. does care about Sarah. He loves Sarah, even through his like insanity, even through like killing and stealing and being dishonest. He still loves Sarah. Uh, whenever she's like alive on the island, and he sees that, he's like, "Oh my God, Sarah!" Like he forgets about Rafe. He forgets about the gold in that moment. He just he just wants Sarah. So some of that it 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 doesn't redeem Ward as a character at all, but it makes it difficult for Sarah, right? Because mm-hmm. it's easy for her to be on John B's side on paper, but when it comes down to it, like that's her father. Yeah. And it's it's commendable that she's so in it with John B. And she initially had big opposition from the rest of the Pogues, especially Kiara, because they used to be friends and then they had like a falling out. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of earns their trust, earns their respect. She comes back and they're like all friends, you know? Kiara stands up for her, I think, at the bonfire in season two. And that's when she kind of comes back to the Pogue side and realizes what she's been doing with Topper is kind of wrong and going yeah. back to what she doesn't want to be. So that's all good for her character. I think that she has probably the second best character development and character arc in, in the whole show. Yeah. But a, a turning point for her with, uh, with John B obviously was when Ward quote unquote died. And I thought that was done really well. Like she is, she's, she says she hates her father. She says she never wants to see him again, but then she sees him on the boat, knows he's about to kill himself and sees it happen. You know, so she thinks, and she just breaks down. Right. Mm -hmm. She's, she's so upset. She's crying. And John B, because he still wants vengeance, just looks and he's almost got this like satisfied look. There's just a hint of it. And he does not console Sarah at all because in, in, in that moment, his revenge is more important than the fact that she just lost a father. Yeah. So that kind of plays into the fact that I wasn't so mad at Sarah for going back to Topper because like you said, where else is she, is she supposed to go? Yeah, exactly. She has no dad. She has no mom. I mean, her brother's a killer. Uh, yeah. Tried to kill her. Family's crazy. So. The only person that in her oblivious sister has no idea what's going on like at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing with Sarah at the toward like the the very last episode of season two we're on the boat where ward gets his head hit again like mm. just like how john b's dad was right um he like he was about to throw him in the water just like his dad or whatever right and sarah he or john b looks at sarah and she like nods at him like giving him affirmation to go yes, ahead to- and toss my and i was like oh my goodness so is she coming to terms with just like this is well her dad almost killed her you know yes. so i mean that that was yeah a big motivator i guess because she never thought her dad would hurt her, but yeah, exactly. he, it's, he just breaks. He's like, yeah. I guess this is what I have to do. He had, now, now she knows he has the capacity to do that, which is terrifying, uh-huh. right? Um, but I think at that moment, too, 
John B didn't just think about himself, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he would want to throw him in the water, but he's he remembered that scene at uh, on the pier watching how she felt about her dad dying, right? And he knows right. how he feels about his dad being gone, and mm-hmm. he spares his life, right? So that's like a like a turning point moment for both of them, right? Indeed, to, yeah, to show her that he he cares about how she feels, and she knows that this is uh, his her dad, and he her him being alive is still important. Mm-hmm. Yep. and he can that could be a trump card too like now ward can get the full extent of his uh criminal charges or whatever now that he's alive right and they can go true. find him true so that's actually that could be a plus like a win-win for john b there mm-hmm. yeah and it's definitely a redeeming moment for john b and sarah's eyes and then a redeeming moment for them as a couple because now they can move forward as a couple and he, she she knows that john b kind of regretted uh taking himself over her in that moment. Yeah. Like you said, he definitely still wants to kill Ward, wants to throw him overboard, but he looks to Sarah first. He's like, Sarah, this is your father. And he still doesn't kill her, kill him because he knows it's important for her to have a father. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of grown as a character too. He's not just out for revenge. He's not trying to be a murderer anymore. At least I hope not. I hope they don't do away yeah. with all this growth in season three, Me too. Uh, which all remains to be seen, but yes. Yeah. It's kind of sad how JJ was like fifth wheel the whole time. Yeah, it was sad. I do like JJ. Yeah, I think he's, he's a fun guy. And he, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's been through some of the, the most deep stuff, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as, as far as like parental abuse and all of that. And he never really has like a coupling, right? Like all the rest of the characters in the show have like someone that cares about them deeply. And JJ, I guess, is John B's best friend, right? But John B's with Sarah a lot. <laughs> so kind of sucks for JJ. Yeah, poor guy. There, there's really the whole thing where he took the blame for Pope about mm-hmm. those the damages and then he got he got all that money somehow by stealing it from the drug dealer right um and then he goes and wastes it because his dad was just being mean and he just like broke down from that yeah um what happened to that money like did, i remember his dad said that you know he they still owe me right they I, or i still owe them for what you did uh-huh. um was that the follow-up from that? Cause did they ever pay it? Is JJ still having his family still having to, you know, pay these for the repercussions of whatever, or is it because all of the stuff that happened with ward? Cause that was with wards stuff, right? It was like their, their boat or something. Right. Yeah. I think it was it topper's boat or was it wards boat? I, I don't think it, it was topper's been, boat. Cause you don't think it was I remember, boat? I, cause I remember the mom or whatever was like to- saying something about it. I don't remember. But, oh yeah. Like, like press charges or something. Yeah. 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 So it, because they're like in deep water now that it, the money doesn't matter anymore. So JJ's cool. Like, I don't really understand. So I don't know. That's, and that's, I don't really remember that either. I don't know if I can answer that question because I feel like the plot probably did address it, but there was just so much going on at the time that I completely forgot about the money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think, I, I think I liked it. I liked the show a lot. Um, and it's like these little tiny plot details that I wish were just like ironed out a little bit mm-hmm. or just didn't happen or like were fixed. But other other than that, I mean, like I think the, the whole plot, the whole treasure hunt thing, the whole, the character development, especially with Pope and Sarah, like those things were like the stuff I really, really enjoyed and I was really into and I really wanted to find out. I and mean, that's what really kept me watching, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, that mixed with the, the scenes where we do get that summertime nostalgic vibe, 
Uh, even, you know, the show does a good job of it's not just suspense. Even whenever it's, you know, on your heels, you're, you're running through, there's like big tension, big drama. Eventually it does resolve in some way and you go back to like the easy times, right? The, the group of friends is a very wholesome group of friends. And whenever they do achieve their victories, because they do have a few that stick, they, they celebrate and then they, they reform their bonds of friendship because, of course, they have conflict along the way, but mm-hmm. they're always there for each other. It's, I think it's, a you know, this show is not necessarily like it doesn't have the best role models for younger, younger generational people. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as like the strong friendship that like no, nothing can break their friendship, right? Nothing can break yeah. the bonds between them and the, and the people that they hold most dear. I think that that's a good message just for the populace in general. And it was wholesome yeah. to see that. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, not a, not a perfect show. Again, I mean, with, with shows like this, there's always some melodrama. You know, the plot holes we talked about, some of the frustrations we had. But it's a joy to watch overall. And I had fun watching this show. Yeah, definitely with a watch if you haven't watched it, but probably have watched if you're listening to this (laughs) (laughs) i would hope so at least (laughs) just like always all right you have any uh ending thoughts zach uh i think i think we about covered all of it just go out and watch it if you haven't all right zach and with that i'll see you next time see you next week